I'm teaching a three-part series right now on praise and worship. Because when God said, Cindy, these next months are for you to share your journey with the people. Because it's not just for you, it's for them too. This was the first thing that he put on my heart. This is not my number one, it's my number two. Praise and worship is my number two in my walk with God right now. Maybe even my number three. My number one is his word. I'm going to be teaching on that in the next week or two probably. Um, my number two is intimacy and relationship with God. And this ties right in with it. My number three is praise and worship. So last week we talked about the first effect, the first powerful effect of praise and worship. And that is the effect that our worship has upon God himself. Because we were created for God's pleasure. He created us for his pleasure. Just like a mother and father, when they're desiring to have a baby, it's the desire of their heart. Now, I'm talking about those parents that are planning their first child. Our son and his wife got married last August, and they're expecting their first child. Yay, yay, yay. So I'm going to have another grandbaby. And they desired to have a child. It was, the, it was the dream. It was their desire. They're both in their 30s. They, they were in their 30s when they got married. So they knew that this was their season. If, if they wanted to have children, this was their season. And that was their heart's desire. And now they're going to. They're pregnant. They're going to have a baby. And we are rejoicing. Father God chose to create human beings because he wanted fellowship. He wanted to have children to love. But here is an important, important key in moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, you can all relate with this. Whenever we love, we desire to be loved in return, whether that's from our spouse or whether that's from our children. We desire for that to be reciprocated. When we praise God, when we worship him, he is because we are showing him our love. He loves us like crazy. But when we praise him and worship him, it is a sweet aroma unto him because we are giving him our love and it blesses him. So that is the number one reason to praise God. And if there was no other reason, that would be reason enough. Our first purpose in praise and worship should be ministering to God. The second powerful effect of praise is what we're going to be talking about today. And that is the effect that praise has on us. I'm going to hold that thought for one minute. I'm going to come right back to it. But I want to give you a preview of next week. The third powerful effect of praise and worship is the effect that our praise has on the enemy. It is a powerful, powerful form of spiritual warfare. Sickness, disease, pain, they're not from God. Now, yes, we live in a fallen world. It's part of the world that we live in. But the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I firmly believe, and I don't like to give the devil credit. You guys who know me know that. But I really do think that the enemy was trying to attack me because what do I do? I teach healing. He doesn't want me to teach healing. He would love to take me out. That is not going to happen. Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I know my authority. I know my power. I know the end of the story. I know my testimony. I know the word of God. And it's not here because that won't do any good. I'm going to share more about that in the next few weeks. But today, let's talk about the effects of praise on the believer. Before I go into the six benefits that I want to share today. I want to review a very deceptive lie of the enemy. And that is that when we are in pain or um, fear or any negative situation, the default of the world is to take in the negative emotions and to feed them and to call them normal. Fear is normal in a pandemic. 
uh, and this is this is lies. I'm just I'm just speaking what the world says. Um, fear is normal when you have a diagnosis of cancer. Um, pain captures your attention, and it's it's impossible to not attend to pain or chronic pain. That, my friends, all of that is deception of the enemy. I want to read to you um, another um, devotion. I didn't bring my apps actual book that I've been reading out of this year. It's um, called something about his whisper. Hear his whisper or something. It has the word whisper in the title. And it, the author is the same author who wrote the Passion Translation of the Bible. And this was in my devotional this week. As I'm preparing this teaching, beloved, when your faith feels weak, I don't judge you, but I do want you to ask me for help. I want you to clutch fear by the neck and thrust it before my throne. I want you to treat heaviness and discouragement and hopelessness like the spiritual plague that they are. Get rid of them. You can rise above them, for I'm with you. Remember what I've done for you in the past. And praise me, especially when it is a sacrifice to do so, and I will see you through. Isn't that a powerful word? Here's the part that captured my attention. God was speaking right to my heart when he said this. And he said those negative emotions, like discouragement, like fear, like depression, all of those can easily come with a battle, whether it's a physical battle or whether it's an emotional battle or a relationship battle, whatever it is, those um, emotions can come and just take, I mean, it feels like you're being suffocated with those emotions. But God says those are spiritual plagues. That's what he called them. And here we are in the middle of a real plague. We are in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. God is talking to us about a spiritual plague. And the spiritual plague is those negative emotions. Now, what I want to say, and this is important, we have a choice to rule over those emotions. Praising God is one of those choices because praise should not be dependent on emotions. Praise is an act of our will. And should we choose to praise God through the storm, if we choose to praise him and to make this, to, to choose to, to make this our lifestyle, praise and worship as our lifestyle, we can be free of those negative emotions. I, I've experienced it. I'm living it. What you're seeing here is Cindy almost 24-7. Sometimes there's an attack, sometimes there's a time when, I, you know, when I'm not feeling joy or feeling strong. But that is very rare because I live a lifestyle of praise. And because I live a lifestyle of praise, fear is not attacking me. I do not have fear. I do not have fear. I do not, even, even when that pain was constant and chronic, it was not the focus of my attention. It was not the focus of my attention. I would turn my attention to God. I would turn my attention elsewhere. And I would literally say, I'm not going to look at you. I am not going to give you life. I am not going to pay attention to you. So let's look at the benefits of praise. We're going to look at six of them. Number one, inner strength is a benefit of praise. I gave you a little preview of this last week, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper today. I'm going to read two scriptures. The first one is from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. The second one is from one of the Gospels, um, Matthew, in the New Testament. Um, they, in, in, the, in the New Testament one, Jesus is quoting the psalm. It's interesting, though, because two of the words, a phrase that I'm really going to focus on, is different because one was translated from Hebrew in the Old Testament, one was translated from Greek in the New Testament. So the two phrases are ordained strength 
and perfected praise. They're synonymous. I'm going to I'm going to tell you more about that when we read, but ordained strength comes through praise. God ordains strength for us and praise allows us to walk in I'm sorry, perfected praise gives us strength. Those are the same synonymous words, strength, ordained strength, and perfected praise. Okay, let me read the scriptures. Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So the first line is talking about young ones, infants and children, praising God. We're going to see that when we read it in the New Testament. Children praising God. And it says these little ones, as they lift up their hearts in praise, God will give us ordained strength over our enemies, over the avenger, so that the enemy and the avenger will be silenced. That's good news. But let's look at it when Jesus quotes it. This is in Matthew. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that Jesus did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, the priests and the scribes, Jesus said, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Jesus heard the children praising him. And he went back to that psalm and he said, those children are praising me and God has perfected praise. Now let me define perfected praise. First of all, pray, perfected praise doesn't mean that we've gotten really good at praise and our praise, it, our praise to God is perfected. That's not what it means. Perfected praise means that we are perfected by praise. It means that we are perfected by praise. Not that our praise is perfect, but that we are perfected by praise. The word perfected means strengthened. It means completed. It means to make what he ought to be. When we praise God, he completes us. He strengthens us. He makes us what we ought to be. We are the children of God. We are um, uh, ordained to be his kings, his priests, carry his rule, his authority, his power. When we praise him, something rises up on the inside of us and strengthens us. Our strength is ordained. Our praise perfects us. Last week, I shared the analogy of the water bottle, and I want to share it again. A couple weeks ago, we flew home from Florida. I had a water bottle with us, and it was half full when I got on the plane. As, of, as the plane changed altitude, I went to pick up my water bottle, and it was completely smushed. The reason that happens is because the pressure in the plane changed when it was changing altitudes. And the pressure on the outside of that water bottle was greater than the pressure inside, and it caused it to crush. Now, let's talk about perfected praise. The promise of the word says that when these infants and children lift up their hearts and say, Hosanna to the son of David, well, first of all, if those children are praising, it's because their parents are praising. It's because those parents have 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 been an example to their children, and that's why those little ones are praising God. So praise is happening all over. We've read this scripture. It's where, it's called the triumphant entry, triumphal entry, where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem right before Passover, and, and the people are getting palm branches and, and, and waving them before God and laying their robes out like a red carpet as he, as he enters Jerusalem on the on the donkey's colt. That's this scene. There is so much praise going on. Perfected praise completes us, strengthens us, and makes us who we are 
who we truly are, shows us who we truly are. Okay, perfected praise gives us inner strength. When we are strengthened on our inner man through praise, it does not matter what the pressure is outside. We will not be crushed. We will not be um, hindered. We will not be thwarted. We will be strong because the power in us is greater than the power on the outside of us. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And praise is one of the ways that we can increase that inner strength. This is what I do, guys. If I'm feeling weak spiritually or even physically, this is a strategy that I do. I go into my mother-in-law's study, because that's where we're living right now, in that little bitty, itty-bitty room. I have like six feet to dance, (laughs) six feet to move, and I put on my earbuds. Today, I just put hand cream on. My hands were all slippery and slimy. And Kent, I said, honey, (laughs) can you get my earbuds out? I couldn't get them out. He takes my earbuds out, puts them in my ears. I got a good husband. Because I knew that it was time to lift my heart and praise God. So inner strength. Number two, peace is a benefit of praise. The book of Philippians, I'm going to read a scripture. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul when he was in prison. And yet, it's known as the gospel, or not the gospel, it's known as the book of joy. I happened to start reading the book of Philippians today, and I was reading the foreword, and it said that he uses the word joy or joyous 18 times in those five chapters. He was imprisoned when he was writing this book, and one of the main themes is joy and peace. Let's look at this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This is a rich scripture. There's a lot of of points that can lead us into a beautiful place. The first one is to rejoice in the Lord always. To rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't say to wait until you get the good report to rejoice in the Lord. It says to rejoice in him always. And then it repeats it. Again, I say rejoice. Then in verse 6, it says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Remember the word that I gave earlier that God spoke to me. He said, take anxiety, take fear, and thrust it before my throne like this spiritual plague that it is. God says, don't do it. Don't feed on anxiety and pain and worry. Be anxious for nothing, but instead, come to me, God says, come to me in prayer. Come to me. Bring it to me. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be in pain. It's okay not to understand, but don't just sit there and be in fear. Bring it to me. Come and pray. And then he says, and thank me. Give me thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an integral part of praise. He says, praise me, rejoice always. Pray, don't worry, don't be afraid. Instead, pray with thanksgiving, and he will give us peace. This is another benefit of praise, peace. When you are praising God, a supernatural peace will follow, a peace that no man can understand or explain. There's no physical reason for it, but the peace of God will guard your heart and your soul. We need that. The heart and the soul, the middle part of us, our soul, that's where the battlefield is. I shared this last night. I want to share it again. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. 
when we're praising and worshiping, when we're choosing to rejoice only, we're agreeing with God. We're feeding our soul what is good. And when we do that, we're coming into agreement with our spirit man, our spirit that is already perfected, our spirit that has already received salvation with all of its benefits. And when that happens, that's when we will see a change in our soul and in our body. Those, those negative emotions, the anxiety, the fear, whatever it is, will, will evaporate through our praise. And instead, you'll be, it'll be replaced with peace that passes all understanding. Isaiah 26.3, for you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. When we praise God, our focus is turned away from the problem and on to God. When we are praising God for those, however long it is, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 20 minutes, but for that time that you're praising God, your mind is stayed on him. And the promise is that God will keep us in perfect peace. He will keep us in that place of peace when our mind is stayed on him. So that's good news. But here's the, the reverse of that. If your mind is not stayed on God, you will not have perfect peace. So if you're lacking peace, praise God. When your mind is stayed on him, you will have peace. The third benefit, praise puts everything in proper perspective. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Notice the first two words of the scripture. I will. Remember, praise is an act of your will. It's not based on emotions. It's a choice. I will praise you, God, no matter what. I will praise you continually at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in you, Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. When we praise God, it focuses our attention on the bigness of God and on the greatness of God. That's what it means to magnify him and to exalt him. Praise focuses our attention on who God is. He's good. He's faithful. He is love. He is our strength. He's our victory. He's our joy. He's our protector. He's our healer. There are so many amazing praise songs that show us the, the bigness of our God and who he is. Whatever that is, go to him, praise him. Today I was, I was praising him with us. One of my favorite songs is called Sea of Victory. It's a powerful song of victory because I'm victorious in him. So I see him as my victor. When we praise him, we see him for who he is. I praised him with another song that it's an old song. It's called King of My Heart, I believe. And it's all about his goodness and his faithfulness. So as I was praising him, I was putting my eyes, my heart, on his goodness, on his faithfulness. That's what happens when we praise him. We see God for who he is. We also see and focus our attention on the promises of God as we praise him. Now, all of this is dependent on praising him with music that is biblical with music that speaks truth. Because there are songs out there that are sung in churches all over the world that are not biblically true. So we want to be careful that the songs align with the word of God. And if they don't, I don't, I turn them off. If I turn a song on and I hear words in the lyrics that don't agree with the word of God, I take them off. I delete them. Uh, if they happen to be on my playlist because I thought I liked them and then I hear words that aren't biblical, delete them because I don't want that being fed into my heart. When I praise God, I want to feed on truth and promises in them and the truth about my God. Praise will shift our perspective away from the natural realm and into the spiritual realm. 
so here we are. We're natural human beings. We're physical human beings. And one of the one of the qualities that we have as a human being are five senses. What we see, what we hear, what we feel. Those are the biggies. And they take up residence big in our life, our senses. But when we praise, we move outside of the realm of the senses and into the spiritual realm where faith resides. Faith is believing what you don't yet see. Faith is believing what you haven't yet heard. Faith is believing that you were healed because scripture says by his stripes you were healed. It doesn't say you will be healed because the work is already finished. Just like we were forgiven when Jesus was crucified and his blood was shed for us, we were healed at Calvary as well. It's, it's our spiritual inheritance. It doesn't mean it's manifested yet. That's where our soul needs to come into agreement with what's already ours in the spiritual realm for that to become manifest in our life. That's what I'm experiencing right now, the manifestation of healing. Yes, I'm having medical treatment this year, this time. I believe that it's another testimony for you. God heals in lots of ways. I never, ever tell people, don't take medicine. I never, ever tell people, don't do what your doctors say. If God directs you that way, I will agree with you 100%. But if you go ahead and take the treatment or the medicine or whatever it is, what are we trusting? Who are we trusting? Jesus. All about Jesus. Praise. Praise shifts us away from that natural realm of our senses and into the place of faith. When our focus is on the spiritual realm, those spiritual things will dominate us instead of the physical things that we're seeing or experiencing around us. Got a couple scriptures I'm going to share tonight. I've, I don't believe I've ever shared till last night. I don't believe I've ever shared in a healing meeting. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. And this is one that God has just been deepening in my heart during this season of my life. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. In the New King James, the phrase slight, short-lived troubles is called light afflictions. So the scripture says, we view these light afflictions in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, but the unseen realm is eternal. So during this season in my life, you know, I, I could go through a laundry list of stuff that's happened over the last six months, including a cancer diagnosis, including cancer treatment, including COVID-19, including, um, you know, moving out of a house of 27 years and being in a different, you know, a place for, for now um, that's not my home and waiting for our new home to be built. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff, plus the political climate and everything else, all of that. But what God has been showing us is Cindy, 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 nothing in the realm of the eternal realm. And here's the key. The eternal realm doesn't mean after I die someday and I'm with Jesus face to face. The eternal realm is now. I live in the eternal realm. The day that we're saved, our eternal life begins. Didn't Jesus say that he came to give us a life of abundance and a life of overflow? I can live. Yes. Thank you, Glenn. Yes, I can live. I am living. Ken and I are living in divine, in a, in a divine way. Yep, I'm in the middle of a cancer battle. But we are living through it divinely with joy, with strength, with fervor, with a newfound um, deepening in my revelation of God and Jesus, my healer. And it's 
pretty darn amazing. So when you look at this issue, not a big deal, in light of what God's doing with it, it's amazing. When he told me that it was time to release my, my testimony, even now before I have the doctor's final report, when he gave me that, and he didn't just say it's okay, he said it's important that you do it. He also told me to start my book, and I am. And it's just flowing like a river. Because I believe if I would have waited until it was over, it wouldn't have been as real in my soul as it is right now because I'm in the midst of it. So light afflictions are nothing compared to what God's doing with it in the eternal, in the spiritual realm. So this is a word. Let me, I'm going to read my notes because this is important. Looking at our situations as light afflictions that will last just for a moment will change our attitude. And when our attitude changes, the outside pressure loses its power over us. Negative thoughts, complaining, and fear lose their power to deflate us. So we're talking about an attitude shift. And when you see what's going on as a light, of, light affliction, your attitude is shifted. It's important that those circumstances, that we call them temporary, they are temporary. It's important that we call them temporary. And we call those things, um, and let me read again, don't let temporary circumstances become mountains which are consuming your thoughts and demanding your emotions. Those things are temporary, so call them temporary. Don't let them become mountains that take you over. Here's the second scripture that's really been speaking loudly to me. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, but he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effective in your weakness. Isn't that a good one? We've all heard the scripture, my grace is sufficient for you. But in the Amplified Version, it says, regardless of the situation, my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself strong, the strongest in your weakness. So this is another one that's just been ministering to my soul because I'm, I know that what God is doing in me now is powerful. And I don't believe what he's doing in me now would have happened without the situation that I'm living in. He is using this, and he does it for every one of us. I was talking to Mary at the beginning of class, and her situation isn't a physical situation, but it's the same thing. He can use this situation when you might feel like it's a difficult time or a time of weakness, he can use it to do. Let me read it again because it's not, oh, he did put it up. Let me read it again. He said, regardless of the situation, guys, regardless of the situation, my mercy is more than enough. My loving kindness and my mercy is more than enough, and it's always available. And then he says, my power is being perfected, and it's completed, and it shows itself most effectively in your time of need. So take that. Trust God. And then pay attention to how he's doing it. And praise him for it. Number four. Another benefit of praise. Faith is expressed through praise and worship. When we see from a proper perspective, that's what we just talked about, shifting our perspective to see God as he truly is and to see us as we truly are. When our faith, when our, when our perspective is proper, when we see with eyes of faith instead of natural eyes, that's when faith thrives. And that's when faith, faith dominates over the natural realm. Faith is active through praise. Praise is an active form of faith. Because when you're praising God, you're praising him for your healing before you're healed. That's faith. You're praising him that he's good 
when everything around you is falling out apart. That's faith. You're praising him for his promises when you haven't yet seen those promises manifest. That's faith, and it's powerful. I talked to you about the danger of passivity in the past. Passivity is sitting back and waiting for God to do a work that he's already done. Praise is active. Praise is acknowledging what he's already done, even before you've seen it. It's active faith. Praise is powerful. It's active faith. Faith must have Jesus as its object. For Jesus is the author, the developer, the maturer, and the finisher of our faith. When we're considering Jesus, faith is flowing. When we praise God, that's what we're doing. We are putting our focus, our heart on Jesus. When we are considering the word of God and using the word of God as a basis for our faith, then faith can flow without any hindrance, like a river flowing without any obstruction, no dams, no blocks, no anything. Free flowing. When we praise, that's what we're doing. We're moving our attention off the problem and onto Jesus and onto the word, the promises of God, and faith continues to happen. Faith is a byproduct of praise and worship. It is an act of faith. We know that the work of grace is done. The work of the cross is finished, and our part is believing. When we praise, it is an act of faith. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Are you therefore, as you therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it, with thanksgiving. Look at the scripture for just a second. It says, first of all, that we've received Jesus. When we invited, when we, when we declared our belief in Jesus, when we asked him to be our Lord and our Savior, we received him. And from that time on till today, you have been growing. Some of us have been growing because we're pursuing God. We've been growing maybe even more than others. Some people may have backslidden because you're busy with life and you're not rooted and established. You're not feeding your soul, feeding your heart. But the bottom line, you're here. You guys are here at Green Lane on a Tuesday night. And that's what we're doing right here, right now. We're growing those roots. We're feeding those roots. We're watering and fertilizing those roots. And it says that as we do that, we're rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And then if we go to the other side of the comma, it says we are abounding in it. And that word it, that pronoun it, is referring to our faith. We are abounding in our faith with thanksgiving. We are abounding in our faith. This is a key, guys. This is how our faith can grow stronger. The word abounding, listen to what this means. It means to exist in great quantity, to be rich or well-supplied, to be filled with. I don't know about you, but I want my faith to exist in great quantity. I want my faith to be rich and well-supplied. I want to be filled to the overflow with heart, heart, Bible faith, true heart faith. And this scripture says that we will abound in faith with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a part of praise. When you praise God, when you lift your hands, when you, when you declare who he is, when you are standing in awe of him, there is a heart position of thankfulness. Many times we use those words as we're praising God, that we're thankful, that we are thanking him. We grow strong in faith with thanksgiving, which is a part of praise. Now listen to this. Praise is like a thermometer that we can use to take our spiritual temperature and find out where we are in believing God. If there is no praise in our relationship with God, or if our praise is limited, 
then our faith is limited. But when we're praising God as if it's already done, because it is, when we are praising God for his finished work, then our faith is abounding. And it's just a matter of time until you see that, that thing that you're believing God for manifested in your life. You're believing that it's already done and it will manifest. That's the faith connection, bringing it from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. Praise can be used as an indicator of whether we're really in true Bible faith or if we're just hoping and trying or if it's just mental assent. That means you, you know it. You know what the Bible says. Praise is an indicator if it's true Bible faith or if it's mental assent or you're just hoping and trying. Number five, the fifth benefit. Praising God gives us a mindset adjustment. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's not up there. I just wanted to put this in here. God wants our minds to be transformed to, from one form to another, completely changed. Not the world's way of doing things. Praise is one of the ways that our, we can have a mindset change. Let me give you a couple of examples in the negative sense. If we think on discouraging things, we're going to get discouraged. If we think on depressing things, we're going to be depressed. A lot of that's going on in our world right now because of the news, because of the things that our people are talking about all over. If we choose to have those kinds of conversations and feed that into our soul, it's very possible that the result could be discouragement or depression or fear or whatever. But if we think on God, if we set our mind on things above, we become what we behold. And praise does that. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And Proverbs 23.7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as we're praising, today I was praising God about the victory that I'm seeing. And as I'm praising God for the victory that I'm seeing, victory, I mean, I'm envisioning victory. I'm seeing victory. I'm praising God because he's my victor. What happens? I become a victor when I'm praising God because he's my healer. There's all sorts of amazing songs about Jesus is my healer. When I'm praising God that he's my healer and I'm praising God that healing is mine, I become what I behold. As we, let me read this again. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as we're focusing our praise on different um, qualities of God and different promises of God, they become part of us. They become real. Our mindset shifts. That's why I am not depressed. That's why I'm not in fear. Because my heart, my focus is on good. It's on things above, not on things of the earth. My focus isn't on cancer. My focus isn't on treatment. My focus isn't on symptoms at all. My focus is on him. I want to share one specific mindset switch that happens with praise and worship. And this is one that is very subtle, but I'm seeing it in the body of Christ a lot, and it's concerning. And God has shown this to me about me as well. So it has to do with humility and dependence. Praising God keeps us humble. Praising God keeps us dependent on him. But let's talk about the opposite. Let's talk about what happens in the world and what we see a lot in the world. And it has to do with pride. When we think about pride, one of the definitions of self-centeredness, and that one totally rings true, um, pride, being puffed up, or thinking that you're, maybe you're better than others or whatever, or that you're good at whatever that you do, and it's all about you and your hard work and your, you know, you, what you did to get there. That is a pride mentality, right? But that's not all. Listen to this. 
not relying on God as your source. That's a form of pride. Being in a place of control. Being in a place of figuring things out on your own. Being in a place of reasoning it out on your own. Relying on your own intellect, your own um, abilities. That is a subtle form of pride. Being self-consumed is also pride. Many times when you're in the middle of a journey of, of uh, a battle, whatever it is, you are consumed with that thing. It's all that you think about. It's all that you talk about. It's all that you focus on. When you wake up in the middle of the night, that's what comes into your head. The first thing when you wake up in the morning, that's on your head. It's on your heart. You talk about it with this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person. You are self-consumed, and it is a subtle form of pride because pride is self-centeredness. We don't even realize we're doing it, and it's very dangerous. One of the things that, um, that God has gifted me with is being very childlike. I, I believe it's a gift, um, but I also believe that I have um, nurtured that gift in me. I, am, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to understand everything. In fact, I choose not to. Um, I trust God like a little baby girl trusts her mommy and daddy. I trust him like that. And I am very careful not to feed my heart with too much stuff that can give me, that can put me into fear or that can put me into that place of being self-consumed. When I feel that happening, I do the opposite. I run away from that. And I run to God through, through prayer, through worship, through whatever it is. Because I don't like that feeling. I don't like it at all. It's oppressive. It's scary. It's, it constricts my 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 body with fear and stuff, and I don't like it, so I run to God. I'm very, 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 very careful about what I know and what I don't know, what I research and what I don't. Um, I am being totally honest with you when I say I have not once looked up the cancer diagnosis that has been spoken to me. Not once. I have not gone to this patient portal and read the reports. I have not read the PET scan reports. I have not read any of the reports, nothing. I won't do it because what does it do? It feeds fear. And when you have that fear in you, you become self-consumed, and it's very dangerous. That's me. And I'm not saying that that is something that I say you should do or shouldn't do. All I'm saying is it's been, I'm living it right now. And for me, that is life. It is life-giving to trust my God and to know that he's taking care of me. Lisa said, I choose to be word-consumed and not worry-consumed. Yes, 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 amen. Lisa was healed of stage 4 glioblastoma. She had a brain tumor one-fourth the size of her brain. She went through the protocol, the medical protocol, but the doctor said, there's no hope. She's the only person I know of who has completely been healed of glioblastoma. And how many years ago was that? 11 years ago. Yes. Yes. And her heart is exactly what I'm saying. It's mirror. And it's not just her heart, my heart. It's God's heart. It's God's will. Praise does this, guys. Praise keeps us in humility towards God because we're constantly remembering God as our source. We're not our own healer. We're not our own source. People who are full of praise and thankfulness are constantly acknowledging that their efforts are not what is producing blessings. Praise, re praise reminds us of who our source is. This is a scripture that has come alive in me. 1 Peter 5, verses 5 through 7. God resists you when you are proud but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. 
pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Just let God take care of you. Let him love you. The last benefit that I want to talk about is praising God takes us into his presence. Praising God is the atmosphere for the miraculous. Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou, who inhabits the praises of Israel. This scripture, and I know this is the old King James, a little hard to understand, but it basically means that he inhabits the praises of his people. When we put our focus on him, when we praise him, he's always here. He's in us. He's among us. He's around us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is for us. He's not against us. But when we praise him, our focus is in tune with him. And there is just an open openness for his presence. Last week, Roy told me after the meeting, Roy, raise your hand for those who don't know. Roy told me that in the midst of our meeting last week, God opened the realm of heaven so that he could smell heaven. He was sitting back over here last week, right? And he, he was leaning over to the person next to him and he's saying, do you smell this amazing smell? He was the only one who smelled it. That, though, is the presence of God manifesting. Praise opens the door for the manifestation of God. Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles, another beautiful biblical example of this. Chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. And when the trumpeters and singers were joined in unison, making one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and other instruments and sang and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand a minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, we're in that atmosphere right now. It doesn't have to be a corporate atmosphere to have the, the glory of God and the presence of God and to feel him and to, and to encounter him. No, I encounter him one-on-one -on -one at home in praise and worship, in prayer, in his word all the time. <laughs> Amen. But this is, a, this is our opportunity. We're here together. Last night, like I said, I prayed for the woman and her shoulder was loosed. Last week, God opened the heavens and Roy smelled the atmosphere of heaven. That's the glory of God. The glory of God is simply the manifest presence of God. He's manifest. He's in me. The glory of God is in me and he's in you. That's what the word says. But there are times when there's just like the veil comes over and there's just this atmosphere for heaven to come, for heaven to invade us. God says to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done right here on earth as it is.